Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. This morning is from Daniel 12, verses 1 through 3. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people everywhere whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life others to shame and everlasting contempt. 
Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. The epistle lesson is from Hebrews 12, 26 through 29. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the gospel. Gospel according to St. Mark, the 13th chapter. As he was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings? replied Jesus. Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when, these will, when, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines that these are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. The gospel must be preached first to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at that time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our gospel reading from Mark chapter 13. Let's pray. Oh God, as we look at the world, we see the signs of the end of all things. In the midst of our trials and our troubles, bless us. Bless us with your calming presence and your love. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. In our reading today, we heard, as Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and buildings. And Jesus answered, You see these great buildings? Not a single stone here will be left in its place. Every one of them will be thrown down. Text. I think it was back in, it was back in 2010. Uh, Linda and I uh, participated in a trip to Germany to tour places where Luther walked and, and as well as experiencing the once every decade Oberammergau passion play. It's very different to walk in some of those towns, right? And down those streets. We walked into castles and churches that have stood for centuries. I mean, much longer than the founding of the United States. It was amazing to walk on steps and down cobblestone streets where kings and princes walked centuries ago. Amazing to walk around Luther's home in Wittenberg and walk through the rooms where Luther and Katie lived and worked and played with their children and talked theology with students. It was a wonderful thing to walk around uh, these villages weaving along narrow streets and stumbling on cobblestones knowing that people uh, five, six, seven centuries ago went about their daily tasks on those very same streets that they were born and lived and died in those homes. Yet you, you, you cannot help but get a sense of history in those places. The Gospel reading today from St. Mark places us in Jerusalem. Near the time of Jesus' crucifixion, it's getting close, Jesus and his disciples were leaving one of the most magnificent structures in biblical times, the temple in Jerusalem. The disciples could not help but marvel at its majesty. And it's true, isn't it? The temple in Jerusalem, it was torn down twice by invading armies, and King Herod undertook the rebuilding, the expansion, the beautification of the temple and its grounds about the time of Jesus' birth. It was completed about the time of this incident that's recorded here for us in Scripture. And it was acknowledged as one of the most beautiful building complexes in all the world. There were gates and arches and, and, and tunnels and stairways. There were, there were, the stones were gleaming white with expensive gold overlay. The outside was decorated with marble walls and, and columns, and the, 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 the east side of the temple was plated with gold. And the ten gates in the temple were covered in gold and silver. It must have been quite a sight as it was gleaming there. The, the white marble and the stunning metalwork uh, flashed in the Middle Eastern sun. For people of Jerusalem, this was it. This temple was the symbol of God's presence with them and really a sign of the glory that would return to Israel. They were obviously impressed by and overawed at this remarkable building. Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. 
Now, what Jesus says next is almost sacrilege, isn't it? He said, do you see all these great buildings? Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Now, what a thing to say. Saying that this magnificent house of God would be destroyed. This is completely unthinkable. And if that's not bad enough, Jesus goes on to talk about the end of all things, right? When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. These things are going to happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. And this is the beginning of birth pains. The whole of chapter 13 of Mark's gospel talks about these signs that will indicate that the end is near. Jesus warned about times when his followers would be persecuted and brought before judges and kings, where family members would turn against one another. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. A little bit later on in the gospel, he talks about unnatural things happening in the heavens. But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. The heavenly bodies will be shaken. Peter, who was there that day admiring the temple, writes in his second letter, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Jesus gives all kinds of signs when the end will come near. But at what precise moment these things will happen, really only God the Father knows, right? Now, if you've been living a long time, you realize that a lot of this stuff has already happened, right? A lot of these predictions have come true. There are wars. There have been rumors of wars. There are natural disasters. There are the earthquakes and all different kinds of natural disasters and floods and famines and droughts and storms, tsunamis, you, 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 you name it. It's obvious that there's still more to come. Christians have also been persecuted and these will continue to happen. In fact, if we take the predictions of the Bible seriously about the end of the world, we're left with a pretty terrifying picture. Second Peter 3, he writes, That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. It would seem that everything's solid. Everything, uh, something even as solid as a temple. Every human relationship that people, uh, even the people close to us in our families, everything that we put our trust in, everything that we love in this life, everything that we thought would go on forever will suddenly be wiped away when the earth finally comes to an end. The disciples saw that the temple would stand forever. Yeah, but it would just be a few short years and the Romans would strip the temple of all its precious metals and tear down stone by stone, never to be rebuilt again. Scary, isn't it? I mean, the things that we think are so permanent in our lives, in actual fact, are only temporary. It's hard to imagine what life would be like without those things, without those people that give us that sense of security and permanency. Uh, the, the things that we own, our wealth, our accomplishments, our, all the things that we think are important really are only temporary. 
In a moment, they can be taken away like the rug pulled out from under our feet, so to speak. We discover that the things that we thought were so solid and so important are not the things that we can really rely on. Maybe you or a family member have had this happen. I've seen this happen in the hospital before, where you're in the hospital or you're in a serious condition, and you suddenly come to that conclusion that all the things that you thought were important were not really important at all. And you struggle with that illness, you realize that, that nothing you're doing is going to uh, bring a, a conclusion to this. So there, 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 it's not going to cure the cancer. It's not going to, it's, it's not going to stop your death. Everything that was so important to you before your illness really isn't relevant anymore. You see, it is then that faith in Jesus Christ, the assurance and the comfort and hope that he offers, that is really what matters. The promise of Jesus, we have the promise of Jesus that we've heard a, a thousand times before suddenly take on new meaning and importance as all the other things that we once thought were important sort of get relegated to the sidelines. Our God, his promises of his love, his strength to endure, the joy of eternal life, in the end, it's all that we really need. And this is what Jesus is getting at when he says, not one stone here will be left on another, every one will be thrown down. As wonderful as the successes and the things of this life are, they're not permanent. We're so easily led by the lie that the things of this world are so important that we can never exist without them. <laughs> Just go to a third world country sometime. You know, I go to Haiti uh, uh, and you see what they do without, right? Uh, not even, maybe not even electricity, maybe not even clean running water. And yet in those places, people are happy. Happy even though uh, they have many uncertainties in their lives. They don't need the things to be happy. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't be grateful for the pleasures and joys that, that we have in this country. I mean, we, uh, in a week we have Thanksgiving coming up and, and we really consider that and we need to be careful about uh, uh, that the, the being happy and contented does not depend though on those things. Paul talked about being content. He talked about being satisfied in all the things, no matter whether he was in need or whether he had enough. What gave him true contentment was knowing Jesus, knowing his love. With that, he said, he could face all kinds of conditions. Listen to what he writes to the Philippians. But whatever, whatever was to my prophet, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. So when Jesus talks about what will happen in the future, I don't believe for a minute that he's sort of telling a, a horror story to terrify us like kids around the campfire, right? You telling ghost stories? No. Jesus is simply pointing out what we so easily forget. Namely, that our journey through life in this world is short. 
We're travelers passing through and that our home, true home is in God's presence. Not only in heaven, but uh, the, the resurrection into eternity. Our true wealth is knowing Jesus, knowing his love, knowing his care for us. And biblical writers have recorded the details about the end of the world to reassure us that in the end, what is important is not so much what is coming, but what is important is who is coming. Jesus said at that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. This really fulfills the promise Jesus makes in John chapter 14, isn't it? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know, it might be scary to think of the end of the world, but we need to remember that Jesus will always be ready to help us get through it. When that day finally arrives, Jesus will return, right? He's our loving savior. He will follow through on his promises. Those whom he loves and those who trust him have nothing to fear during these last days when, when everything is in chaos. Not even the idea of the last judgment should fill us with fear because we know that all of our sins that could possibly condemn us and send us into everlasting punishment have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Everything that we thought would last forever pass away. But we will be taken into that life that will last forever. Paul puts it this way. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another, each other, with these words. I like that phrase. And so we will be with the Lord forever. My friends in Christ, hang on to those promises. And so we will be with the Lord forever. In spite of catastrophic happenings in our world, earthquakes and wars and famines, in spite of persecutions and sufferings and betrayals, in spite of, of fire and the earth melting and the heavenly bodies dissolving in flashes of blinding light, as terrifying as all of that can be, we will be with the Lord forever. Nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate you and me from the protection and power and the love of Jesus Christ. The end to come is really the start of the beginning, the beginning of life, eternal life with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends,
Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening. <music>